Hey everybody, Mark D, spooky IT guy, scary dad, um, uh, terrible nerd, Im improviser. That's Halloween, it's October, and uh, I'm not talking about a horror movie, if you saw the title. I did go looking for horror movies, and it turns out I'm extremely light on horror movies. I found a couple, and we'll we'll see how that goes, right? I found a couple. So, that being said, I did see Garden State. As I was looking for horror movies, I was like, oh, Garden State, I haven't actually finally watched this. I started to at one point, and I missed it completely when it came out. And when it, when it came out, it probably would have changed my life, but we'll talk about that. It's a deeply personal movie, and I will talk about it in a personal sense. But yeah, I got some horror movies. I'm, I'm going to try to do one tomorrow. I just, I, I saw the movie, and it was a very personal movie, and it it missed my age, but it didn't miss me as a person. So that's why I'm talking about it, because I felt it. I felt the movie. It, the movie, it touched me in uh, appropriate ways, one would say. But yeah, things are interesting for me personally. And since this is a personal movie kind of thing, let's just talk about that real quick. Things are really interesting with the kids and stuff like that. And it's hard and I'm worried about the younger ones, so I can't sleep right now. And I just, I was up and I was watching the movie and, and now I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to entertain myself. I'm going to take my mind off of the things and I'm going to make a podcast. So that's cool. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. Um, <laughs> you might... <laughs> I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. I am so incredibly, incredibly dumb. But... Oh, okay, cool. That's why that was happening. Okay, and that short break was brought to you by... Me... Uh, uh, in inaccurately adjusting a setting as I was moving things around. So, it might sound a little different from here on out. Tough. Okay? Just tough. Alright? But we're definitely talking Garden State, a 2004 movie written and directed by Zach Braff. And if I recall correctly, I believe it was on a, on a podcast, probably. Uh, I want to say it was perhaps WTF with Mark Marin. Uh, some time ago, I don't even remember when, but he talked a little bit about his situation making Garden State, and he was his situation was very similar to the situation that the character, um, uh, whose name I forget, uh, <laughs> ooh, doing great, whose name I forget, and I can find that. I can locate that presently. Yes, yes. Andrew Largeman, right? What a name. Andrew Largeman. Somewhat similar in that he was waiting tables and he was doing shows and getting parts and he'd be in something and then the next day someone would at his restaurant would be like, hey, you know, how's it going? And stuff like that, you know. You, you were great in that thing. But Garden State kind of put him on the map. I remember the movie coming out. I didn't see the movie. I didn't see the movie. 2004 was a pretty tumultuous point in my life at the time. 
However, it was a, a pretty low-budget movie, if memory serves. And I'll look that up. I'll do it by the numbers for y'all. Uh, estimated 2.5 mil. 2.5. More than I thought. Opening weekend, it did 200K. Gross US, 26 mil. Definitely a success. Definitely a successful movie. We know it. We still talk about it today. It is personal to a lot of people that I know in a lot of different ways that I won't get into. That's their thing. But I finally saw the whole movie, not just bits and pieces now. And it does speak to that 2004 mark, that younger mark. Um, and I'm, definitely spoilers abound. But I think the thing that stuck the most in my head, because I just saw it, I literally just kind of came off of watching the movie, got on Discord, helped somebody out with their raid card real quick, see if I could, you know, point them in the right direction. And as I was doing that, I fired up this recording and just warmed up a little bit. The whole thing where at the end, he, he runs back, and it's maybe a bit cliche, he runs back through the terminal to find Sam, who is... Um, Wow, I'm forgetting her name, and uh, she's been in so many movies that I've seen. And I definitely had a crush on her. Natalie Portman definitely had a crush on her from episode one, which was age-appropriate, because she's only a little bit older than I am. But the, the whole thing where he's like, this is it, this is life, and we'll figure it out, and all these things, and that, that beautiful moment that they share where... It is the, definitely the blossoming of a very, I think, deep and serious relationship. And, you know, we all hope it works out. Everybody has their issues and their problems, and these are acknowledged and these are addressed, you know. It, it, it's part of the movie in a way. But that already happened for me. That happened. It's like, what do we do? And then, and then we did it, and it's done. And now I have you know, a beautiful family, I, I, you know, have a, I live in a place and, and I have a job and we, we do our things and we live our lives. But that was, that struck me almost viscerally because it was this, this moment of, of possibilities that in 2004, I think I could have just awfully used, but maybe I did in 2004, I was much more like the Andrew Largeman in the beginning of the movie than the one at the end. And yeah, I just, that was interesting to me. I'm not going to turn it into one of these critiques where, where people project their lives onto the movie and say, the movie is bad because this is not real life. You'll, you'll see a lot of that when people talk about movies about Hollywood. They'll be like, that doesn't happen that way. That doesn't work that way. Those things wouldn't, that, that's not, that's not a thing. All these settings are fucked up. I fucked up these settings majorly. I'm sorry, team. I'm sorry for being an amateur, complete amateur hour. Let me stop here, and then I'll start again in a second, and it'll sound different. Okay, and we're back, and maybe it's a little louder, or maybe it isn't. I don't know. But the, the kind of result was I had to physically move some stuff around and I moved some knobs while I was at it. So, you know, that, that, that was really interesting. I'm not going to turn it into a hate thing. A lot of people were like, La La Land is so fake and all these things. And 
I don't think that's the move or the look or the appropriate way to analyze that. You can definitely find it to be trite, and, and, and I'll, I'll accept that. I will accept that it is trite to have this walk back to the terminal and things like that. But to say that it isn't impactful in some way, just because you never experienced it. You, 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 sometimes people have a, an issue putting empathy towards a character that Zach Braff plays because he's particularly, you know, some would say obnoxious. But I am, I'm a, a Zach Braff fan. I really, really, really loved his work on Scrubs. I mean, the show in general. Bill Lawrence really just fucking... Knocked that one out of the park. John McGinley, Donald Faison, Sarah Chalk, you know, the list goes on. But it was a wonderful, wonderful show. And I really loved his work there. And that really set the tone for me to be okay with Zach Braff in general because you got so much of Zach Braff in Scrubs. But also, one of the interesting things about Scrubs that maybe he was picked for Scrubs from this movie. Uh, because I don't think he was in Scrubs just yet. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think he was in Scrubs yet. I think Scrubs started after the movie. Perhaps? I am looking, I am looking for Scrubs. No, Scrubs, he was already on Scrubs. Okay. So, let me revise that. Maybe something that he learned on Scrubs was to have that open emotionality in, in a certain way. Because the character of Andrew is very closed off and, and very unfeeling. And he begins to broaden while the the plotting of the movie I'm not in love with. I didn't particularly appreciate it, but the casting of the movie was very good. I think uh, we'd see a bit of Peter Sarsgaard, who is stellar in a Peter Sarsgaard-like role. Um <laughs> We see Jim Parsons with a quick cameo in the same room as Peter Sarsgaard, and that was amusing, to say the least. Uh, Gene Smart, as Peter Sarsgaard's mom, was very good. I didn't love uh, Natalie Portman as that character. I just I don't know, maybe I just wasn't into the character as much. That's also possible. It's definitely a, a play on the manic pixie dream girl in a lot of ways. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but, you know, it has become a trope, perhaps, because of its success. And sometimes it feels easy and cheap, and it is, you know, I guess on the internet you would call them, like, stereotypical nerd boobs, like, quirky, girl, blah, you know, kind of thing. So, Manic Pixie Dream Girl is what the, the, the cinema crowd normally refers to that type of character as. And they are... You know, Zoe Deschanel types in general. Uh, obviously, the character of Sam or Samantha. Kirsten Dunst's character in Crazy Beautiful with uh, Jay Fernandez? Jay Rodriguez? Jay, Jay uh, Hernandez. Jay Hernandez, I think, is his name. I had to, I, I'm not looking it up. I'm kind of coming off memory. Who was a pretty cool Magnum P.I., I think, even though that show was probably terrible. She had kind of invented that genre of manic pixie dream girl you know crazy beautiful uh sam here definitely a pathological liar with epilepsy and and you know there's definitely some stuff going on with that family with those the, the whole thing and 
I can't say that it would be foreign to me to to recognize the different aspects of these people, Andrew Largeman's family and Andrew Largeman's crowd. His family's very well off, it seems, but definitely has all the troubles. And, uh, you know, he, he does talk in the end about being a boy and, and not understanding, but then seeing the accident play out a hundred times and, and wishing he could take that back. And that is, that is a real phenomenon. That is, that's something that I've, I experienced as a child as well. Luckily, nobody was, was hurt by it, but, you know, as part of growing up, as part of, of just living in the world and dealing with people, we, we make mistakes and I'm definitely one person who I don't, I don't let myself off the hook for, for those mistakes very easily. So, you know, again, a very personal movie and I, I, I see myself in a lot of the, the characters in certain ways, shapes and forms. And maybe I'm, I'm, projecting myself too much into the movie at this point. But I will say I didn't love the plotting. I didn't love the, you know, the kind of the time jumps. It turns into a month after a little while. The character of Mark, who is odd because I'm I'm Mark, but it's Peter Sarsgaard. But like, wow, what a fucking jerk. But Peter Sarsgaard plays a specific type of jerk so, so well. So well that, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, it's so amazing to see Peter Skarsgård just play that jerk. I just, it's fascinating to me. Just utterly fascinating. The jerseyness of it, I think there could have been more, but, you know, maybe this was a bit more true to how uh, Zach Braff remembered it. And the listlessness and the ennui, if one were to put it that way, is interesting. And I don't... A lot of characters are weird characters. Uh, Method Man's character, Diego, is a very weird character. Albert, towards the end, and his wife, uh, his family, and his story was particularly quirkily beautiful and and really was the turning point where the movie genuinely started to open up in an interesting way at first it was this weird kind of sleepwalking into circumstances thing where uh you know Zach Braff comes home to his charmed life otherwise that that you know he uh his his family was having their issues, but otherwise his life was going great. He's at his rich friend's house uh, in the pool with a bunch of girls. So, you know, he could have been doing that. He wasn't. He chose not to be. It felt interesting to see his character unresponsive to these things. And indulgent maybe in certain ways i think the movie is an indulgent movie and i thought about that as i was watching it and i want to talk about that for a second some people again people who will say that 
La La Land is an indulgent movie. It is so self-indulgent. I think that all movies are indulgent in a certain way, otherwise the filmmaker wouldn't make them. Now, to indulge oneself is to, I guess, fully entertain one's view. And as a writer-director, I think that we're getting into self-indulgent territory no matter what you do. So, furthering on that point, a very personal movie, a movie personal to somebody where it is based on their life, if we look at Clerks by by Kevin Smith, that is an extremely self-indulgent movie. He was he was Randall and, and Dante. He was like a mix there. Um, it was him and I think Brian Williams, or not Brian Williams, not the anchor. Uh, Brian, uh, whatever the hell Brian's name is, or you know, and maybe Scott Mosier as well in that mix. But that was them. So, to to use self-indulgent as a pejorative, I think, is self-indulgent on the reviewer's part because they're just not, they're not reviewing the movie at that point. They're reviewing more the filmmaker and their disagreement with that, that view, I think, when someone calls a movie self-indulgent. Um, and then there's... um. How shall I put it? There's a fourth wall breaking self-indulgence. And and maybe I can get in get behind that one, which is like when you're Clint Eastwood in the mule and you have two threesomes in a movie. Perhaps that is fourth wall breaking self-indulgent. You know, perhaps that is self-indulgent in a real way, in a way that matters. Because he's the director and he just wants to to be in a threesome I don't know I haven't seen the mule but that was everybody's like thing he's like he's in two threesomes 78 years old or whatever he's in two threesomes in the movie so I don't know but this movie is definitely self-indulgent in the way that a personal film should be it's not perfect not by a long shot it's you know made for not a lot of money in 2004, I, I don't even think they were using digital fully back then at that price point. I know that David Lynch did Inland Empire in 2001 all on Sony's, but it had a, a very digital look. I tried watching it, and I just I couldn't fucking figure that movie out. So I, I didn't end up watching it. I should, I should do that. I should do a David Lynch deep dive so I can almost go crazy like I did the last time. But yeah, self-indulgence, it's not a bad thing. This is art, team. This is art. It is, it, art is self-indulgence. It is self-indulgent of the artist. It is self-indulgent of, of the shared human experience. And art, I, I, I do think this is somewhat of an art film, one would say, although I don't think it's highly sophisticated. I don't think a whole lot of, you know, a whole hell of a lot of effort went into everybody's color palette for their costuming, although we'll see that Sam is bright, where Andrew is very muted and, and, and the like. And I think really her house and and her herself are, are the only going to be the only bright things in the movie. However, that being said, I don't think that it is art, uh, grad student, art, grad, fine art grad student. I'm not going to say cinema studies because cinema studies and, and film studies and, and critical media theory and things like that Definitely have a lot to chew on. 
in this movie. But a fine art student isn't going to break this movie down for any type of thesis or report or, or visual lookbook, so to speak. So that's what I mean when I say that it's not like very, you know, highbrow. Uh, I do think that, you know, its subject matter is, again, personal and serious. And I think it's dealt with in a way that shows some experience some familiarity with it. Some, I say not all. I can't speak for all of it. But the parts that I speak to, they that the, the feels kind of right, Brian. It feels kind of right. So, overall, I liked it. I, I noticed Coldplay on the soundtrack. There's a lot of the shins. I'm not a big into the shins. But there's that uh, Fru-Fru song at the end, that, that song kind of plays pretty big in my life and uh yeah yeah I, I don't know this this one connected with me in a lot of ways like I said a lot of people I know also watched this movie and they watched it a long time ago and they were affected by it and I feel like I know them just a tiny bit better just a little bit better having seen it you know So yeah, that was uh, that was Garden State. This is Garden State. I um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna be going to sleep. So I think I will eventually turn on the the NAS machine with the fucking stupid eight hard drives and two bullshit turbo batshit fans, and end up watching uh probably one of the few horror movies I found in my collection and then of those the ones where the discs worked because I found Saw 3 and Saw 3 the disc did not work so Saw 3 another movie that plays pretty hard in my history not for the movie itself but just the circumstance of the movie but I found some other stuff so I'll, I'll check one of those out I think I've seen them all before but I think they're worth a revisit I don't want to spoil them so I can just keep them in my back pocket in case I don't get to them. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to watch another movie. I'm going to cut this up real quick and upload it or schedule it. And then I'm going to watch another movie. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Garden State, happy Halloween. Stay safe. Stay inside if you can. Wear a mask. You know, just stay away from people. Black lives still matter. You know. Fucking that 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 still happened. A lot of shit's going on in the world team, and the the media cycle is there for a reason, and it works for a reason. But it is also quick to forget. So just keep that in mind. You know, I'm not saying this like, oh, you need to be an activist, or I'm not even an activist. I say Black Lives Matter on a the end of my podcast and uh, I could do more everybody can do more but do what you can everybody has their personal lives just when, when you can do the thing and you don't necessarily have to always be an activist but just be try to be good in your everyday life and hopefully that helps you know just yeah that, that, I'll, I'll say that much Take it easy.
I'll see you on another one. All right, room tone. So I forgot where I was also.